Good morning again, Harmony. And it feels much longer than just seven days since we've uh, seen each other. Who uh, who got to travel this week? Anybody get to travel this week? Last week? Last week? Yeah. Everybody stayed put. Wow. Who had who had family in town? Anybody? Well, of course you guys. I got. Anybody else? Man, you guys are boring. Come on, folks. <laughs> Who ate turkey this week? Let's get some hands up, okay? Who watched football this week? All right. Who woke up this morning? There we go. All right. <clears throat> so I wanted to, to wrap up the Thanksgiving week by thinking about really this topic of being thankful in a world of more. Anybody do any Black Friday shopping? Black Friday, no? Nobody? We did a little bit. We did a little bit. It's actually like the, if, if you ever do it, you actually find yourself getting caught up in all of the kind of atmosphere, and you almost have to step back and realize like that's not really a good deal. <laughs> like have you ever found that like you're out there and like everybody's running for stuff and everybody's shopping and you're looking at it, and you're like that's really not a good price. I'm just really kind of caught up in the moment of what's happening here. And so it's, it's funny because what Satan has done so well is Satan learns to take things that are intended for good and pervert them to things that are evil. And the reason Satan has to do this is Satan is not a creator. He can make nothing new. He has no ability to create anything out of his own mind, out of his own power. All he can do is take what has already been established and twist and pervert it. Now, I love this because I'm reminded of this on a constant basis by being the father of a toddler. I love having a toddler because what toddlers teach you is that humanity has both a high ceiling and a very low basement. So let me give you an example of that. Uh, this week was Tyler's birthday. So last Saturday he had his big blowout birthday. Then we went to celebrate Thanksgiving and his grandparents gave him money. And so we get back into town and we decide to take him to the toy store so he can spend some of his money. And we're talking about you know, how much money he has and what he can get. And you know what he said? He looks at me and he goes, Dad, it's not all about toys and money. It's about family, friends, and praising Jesus. And I high-fived my wife and was like one of those moments where like, I think we actually might be doing an okay job here. <laughs> What's funny though is kids don't let that last very long, right? So then the following day, we're eating Thanksgiving meal and I had told him that he could not get up until he finished all of his ham, which for whatever reason, he doesn't like ham. So I step out of the room for a moment and I come back and his grandma goes, he's just the sweetest little boy. I said, what did he do? She goes, he got up, he went over to his little brother, and he said, he calls Jake Goobs. That's his nickname for him. He goes, here, little Goobs, here's some food for you. And he shared all of his ham with him. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I said, I know that game. <laughs> The ability to twist something good into something wrong. All right? And so we see this in our lives. Look at Isaiah 5, 2021. It says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, 
who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. I'll admit I've always known that at some point we will lose the cultural battle. But the Bible clearly tells us that at some point no one will believe in this anymore. At some point, you will be persecuted for your beliefs. Whether it will be you or your children or your grandchildren or great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren, at some point, we lose the cultural battle. It's clear. I'd always thought that the way we'd lose that battle is people would just stop being Christians. But what I've started to realize is people aren't going to stop being Christians. People are just going to redefine what it means to be a Christian. What Satan is so good at doing, and he's doing it in front of our eyes on a regular basis, is he is taking concepts that God created for the purposes of praise, for the purpose of his glorification, for the purposes of his love, and he twists them into purposes of his own. So like, let's be real about this season. Has anybody noticed how Thanksgiving has quickly just gotten killed by Halloween and Christmas? Yes. <laughs> like it used to be, right? You didn't see Christmas stuff until about now. Now when do you see Christmas stuff? The day after Halloween. And I really think this is a strategic thing by our enemy because Thanksgiving in and of itself is the purpose of us stepping back and going, what am I thankful for? For just a moment, let's not focus on all the stuff I don't have. Let's not focus on all the things that went wrong this year. Let's not focus on all the bad stuff. Let's sit back and take a moment to intentionally think about what went great. What should I be thankful for? What am I blessed by? What should I praise for? So I don't find it strange at all that in our society what's happened is we've taken this month that used to be on the calendar about this and we've condensed it. And not only have we condensed it, we've also made it largely about what? Getting ready to buy stuff for Christmas. And so what we have to be careful of as Christians is is even in seasons like Thanksgiving and Christmas that were originally created for purposes to glorify and to praise our God, we find Satan is able to twist those and to turn them into other things. This season largely has been shaped by our culture to now be about what you need, what you should buy, and what you should have. And what that ultimately highlights is what you're lacking, what you don't have, and what you must get to be complete as an individual. And so we have to look at ourselves sometimes in the midst of this culture and realize that what we need to do is pull ourselves back out and remember what is it that Christ has us here for and what is it that we are trying to accomplish in our lives. So first off, Thanksgiving. It's a mindset, not a holiday. Thanksgiving is a mindset, not a holiday. Thanksgiving should be something that is part of your every single day. Every moment, every day. Throughout Scripture, God reminds us of this. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What I love is Paul says, look, this isn't tied to things are going good, give thanks. 
This is in all circumstances, at all times, you should be giving thanks to God. Now let's be honest. We're good at this half the time. Most people are pretty good at when things are going well, going, well, I'm so blessed. Thank God. What people aren't so good at is when the circumstances of life are down, also giving praises to God there. And that's what we have to be able to learn is, is that people of true character and strength, the heroes of the Bible, what made them stand out more than anything was that because the relationship with God was constantly becoming more intimate, Amen. it mattered not what the circumstances of life were doing. They could be in jail, they could be sick, they could be rich, they could be powerful, they could be a slave, they could be a king. It didn't matter, they'd still give thanks. Why? Because despite those circumstances, what never changed was the relationship with God. Always the relationship with God. And throughout Scripture, God reminds us of this. Ephesians 5.20 Give thanks when? Always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. For what things? Everything. For absolutely everything. Give thanks. Philippians 4.6 Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. For Christians, thanksgiving shouldn't be one day. It should be a hallmark of your entire life. It should constantly be present for you. If you are a person whose life and happiness and joy are dictated by the circumstances with which you're currently in that shows your relationship with God is not where it needs to be. The power of being a Christian, the beauty of being a Christian, the awesomeness of being a Christian is that you can literally be in jail with no friends, no money, no nothing, going, God is awesome. God is amazing. I am so blessed to be here right now. That's the kind of power, that's the kind of joy that reshapes the world. That's why Christianity exists today. Because what God put in His early believers was such a passion, such a joy to be in the presence of God, that their enemies couldn't crush it. I love it. When you read the Bible, you truly sense that the enemies of Paul didn't know what to do. It's like if we don't, if we don't chase them down, he just goes city to city preaching. And he brings new converts. If we beat him, he praises God that he gets to suffer like his Savior did. If we throw him in jail, he converts the jailer, he converts the other convicts. What do we do to this guy? If I kill him, you know what he says? I get to go home. Amen. What do you do to that guy? There's nothing you can do. He becomes invincible to the powers of this world. And because of that, he lives in such a way that it's contagious to everybody around him. Everybody goes, I want some of that. Because you know what? I don't feel that. In my life, I'm on a roller coaster. In my life, I'm happy one day because I got a promotion. I'm sad the next day because I was diagnosed with a sickness. I'm happy the next day because this happened. Everything's out of my control. 
When people who live like that see a Paul, they go, how do you do that? And what he goes is because you don't get it. You're living here. I'm living here. My happiness is about a relationship that this world can't touch. And so when we remember this, there's an important thing that all of us need to be cognizant and aware of. That is that Thanksgiving is counter to the logic of this world. Brothers and sisters, do not be fooled. You are not citizens of America. You are not citizens of earth. You are citizens of heaven. This message always kind of resonated to me because I grew up in a house. My dad is a Green Beret. And if you know what Green Berets do, what Green Berets do is Green Berets don't fight like the rest of the soldiers do. What they do in a small unit is they go behind enemy lines and they live amongst their enemies. And what they try to do is inside enemy lines is they try to build up a force of the native people that will rise against the powers that oppress. Now what's hard about this job is, is you're constantly surrounded by your enemies. In fact, most of the time what you know is a good percentage of the people you're training probably actually are spying on you and want to kill you. And what you constantly are aware of is the culture that engulfs you, you cannot become part of it. You must be on guard. You must be ready every single day. But the other cool thing is, is even knowing that, you must show goodwill and care to raise up a group of people that want to fight with you. I always loved that as a kid because I would read that and I'd be like, that's what Christianity is like. I live in a culture that surrounds me, that constantly is pulling me the wrong direction. But my job is each day like a soldier to put on my armor and be ready to fight, knowing that the culture around me wants to attack me, but my job isn't to kill. My job is to raise up others who want to join me, who want to join this group of people that we're with. And so as Christians, what we have to realize is don't get caught up in the culture of the world. Thanksgiving is not about turkey, it's not about football, and it's not about great sales. It's about remembering what God has given you. Christmas is not about presents, it's not about Santa, it's not about holiday movies, it's not even about family and friends. It's about remembering that your God loves you so much that after you had buried yourself in a hole you could never climb out of, He sent His Son to this earth to pull you out. That's what Christmas is about. And so as you see all these things around you, what you must remember is, is what Satan is trying to do is pull you away from the message of God. I said this out to you three or four times. I heard it in a sermon about a month ago. And I just love it. That channel says the key to Christianity is find the things that raise in, up, raise in you an awesome love of God and immerse your life in them. Secondly, find those things that distract you from the love of God and remove them from your life. That's it. Find the things that when you do them, when you listen to them, when you participate in them, they rise up in you an awesome love of God. And those things hold on to. Find ways to make them part of your every day. And then those things that you find where you go, man, I get too caught up in this. 
I pay attention to this, I, I, I forget about God. When I, when I do this activity, I, I forget that world that I belong to. Find those things and get rid of them. Get rid of them. Always remember the culture is ruled by Satan, not by God. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. What's that saying? It's saying you're fighting a spiritual battle. A spiritual battle. And the greatest thing that Satan wants to do is not ravage your body, is not kill you. What he really wants to do is just distract you from God. How do I distract you from God? And let's be honest, he's awesome at it in our day and age. Man, if the people in this room would check their Bibles as often as they check their Facebook, we'd be a whole lot holier people. If we would make as much time for our favorite TV shows as we do for our favorite, or I'm sorry, as much time for our favorite Bible verses as we do for our favorite TV shows, we'd be a much different people. You ever find yourself at night like you're tired and worn out, you're ready to go to bed, and then you realize, like, oh, we got a new episode of this. We gotta watch that. That's our favorite show. How many times have you done that with the word? How many times have you said there, man, I'm exhausted, long day, terrible. Oh, but you know what? I got another chapter of James to read tonight. Probably not, right? When's the last time you binge read your Bible? Anybody got Netflix? Has anybody besides me ever binge-watched a show? Let me explain to you what binge-watching is. Binge-watching is, is, in Netflix world, you don't get one episode of your favorite channel TV show. You get all of them. So you know those to-be-continued that you used to have to wait a week for? You don't have to wait a week for. So what happens is about 9 o'clock at night in our house, we go, let's watch one episode of this show. Four hours later, I'm going, I have to be at work in two hours. Why are we still awake? There's only two more episodes. Should we just finish it? And the day is gone. That's called binge watching. When's the last time that happened when you were in the Word? When's the last time you sat down with God's Word and just got so into it, you looked up and went, where did the time go? Where did the time go? doesn't happen. Why? Because Satan is trying to pull you towards these things. And he's good at it. You've got to remember where you belong and where your heart should be focused. 1 John 5.19 We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Even the holy and righteous he is now perverting. It's why you have people who are admitted atheists that celebrate Christmas. Can you imagine anything weirder than that? You don't believe in God. You don't believe in Jesus. You think it's all a funny joke, yet you celebrate Christmas. Why? Because let's be real, Christmas is about Santa and presents. That's their logic. And you know what? Their logic's right. Remember why God gave you these things. See, the beauty of religion is, and I'm talking about religion, not relationship, is that in our society, we've gotten into a place where so many Christians now love to say, I'm not religious, I'm in a relationship with God. And what I tell them is, great, you should have a relationship with God, but religion is still important. You know why? God gave it to you. 
See, what God realizes is first and foremost is the relationship you have with Him. But secondarily, we are a people that without discipline will stray. And so religion, that tradition, that structure was given to us as a framework to help us stay on track. Now where problems come in is when we inverse it and we go religion and tradition are more important than relationship and we see that all the time. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. God wants a people that not only have a relationship with Him, but also pay attention to the religion and traditions that He gave them. Why? Because those things keep them focused. That's why we do this Advent candle. It's not because they're the prettiest candles. It's not because there's some holy aroma that comes from us lighting that candle. It's not just so you remember James's name and that he's part of our deaconship. It's so that we actually remember in the midst of the season, part of the thing that we're supposed to be looking forward to is the hope that the Son of God gives us every single day. Amen. That in the midst of all your party planning, in the midst of all your shopping lists, in the midst of all those things, you remember the season's about hope. A hope that that Son came in the midst of darkness and gave me life. Hold on to these things. Romans 12.2 Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Where this battleground starts is in your mind. It's why pastors for so long have cared about the music you listen to and the television shows you watch. It's not because we're trying to be prudes who say you can't watch this or you can't do that. It's because what we realize is what comes in often controls what we think and how we think. You ever have those dreams where you can totally piece it together based on the things that happened that day? Right, well, like, oh yeah, I watched that movie and then that happened and then I spread this. That's where that dream came from. Right, it's your mind just kind of consuming all of this stuff and putting it back together. Be careful what you put in your head. Be careful what goes in there. It's funny, I was talking to some different pastors and they were sharing how like for some of them, there's different triggers. One guy's like, I don't follow sports anymore. He's like, I just, I, I get too into them. He's like, I can't just, I, I just have not found the ability to be disciplined. If I decide to start watching football, I'll end up watching it all day long, and then I'm playing fantasy football, and then I'm buying jerseys, then I'm screaming at the TV, I'm ignoring the children, and football becomes my life, so I just don't watch football anymore. Not that he thinks football's evil, but he just realized for him, football pulls him away from what's important. And honestly, 22 guys running around on a grass field with a piece of leather, not that important. For others, it's politics. I had another friend, he's like, I just... He's like, I pay attention, I do my civic duty, but really, I, I don't watch the news a lot during the week. I try to stay informed, but that's it. Why? I get too passionate about it. I get angry, I get upset, I get in arguments, I just, I just connect. Find your things that maybe don't need to be around anymore. Find those things that should be around. And make sure you're putting your mind in the right place. Thanksgiving. It's really about what has been done for you, not what you have. It's really about what's been done for you, not what you have. This time of year, you know what I love is if you watch TV, 
you basically feel like everything in your house is junk. Why? Because everything on the TV is the better, newer version of what you have. Like my TV, you know what? My TV's not curved. Apparently, I'm supposed to have a curved TV because a curved TV gives me a better viewing experience and makes me feel like I'm in the game. Also, apparently, I need 4K. I don't even know what 4K means, but all the TVs right now are 4K, which I'm thinking means my TV's like a 3K or something, which isn't good. Right? You just watch commercials, and the whole point of a commercial is to make you think what? You have to have this product. Without this product, your life is incomplete. Without this product, you will not be happy, you will not find peace, and your children will hate you. You need this product. So the whole season tries to get you to think about. But you know what's beautiful is? We should be able to always look at that cross and be thankful. I'll be real, I get it. There are some people sitting in this room who will look at 2016 and go, Thankful? Would you like me to list the things that happened this year? For some of you, this was the worst year you've ever had. And so what happens is for those moments, you get caught doing what? Looking away from the cross, down to the circumstances of life, and now you're in the Satan's game. And in that moment, what he's done is he pulled you away from the thing you should always be thankful for to all the things you can't control, they give you anger and make you upset and put you not at peace. One of my favorite pastors, A.W. Tozer, he always said, if God were never to grant another one of my prayers or never to give me another thing, I would still have all the reasons in the world to praise Him from this moment through eternity. How beautiful to think like that. If God never gave me another thing, in fact, if all God did from this moment forward was take from me, I'd still have more than enough to praise His name every single day from now through eternity. Wow. See, what Satan realizes is if your eyes lock on that cross, if your eyes go to that word, if you truly remember who your Father is, what He's done for you, and how much He loves you, there's no way there won't be thanksgiving in your heart. So he's got to distract you. Got to distract you. Reminds me of my son at bedtime. My son at bedtime suddenly remembers everything in the world that needs to be done. I need a drink. I'm kind of hungry. You know, I didn't really eat a lot of dinner. I think I just need another snack. I'd love to eat some Brussels sprouts right now, Mom. You know, I need to brush my teeth because those germs, we don't want them to give me cavities. But they suddenly remember every good thing you ever want them to do, and all of it needs to be packed in right before bedtime. Why? They want you off of the topic of bedtime. Satan's the same way with anything that has to do with Christ. Your eyes go there, and it's like, man, how do I get you away from this? We laugh in our house. Jake wakes up every single morning at 7.15. Guess which day he doesn't? Take a wild guess which day he does not wake up at 7.15. Sunday mornings. I can't explain it for the life of me, but it's happened for about a year now. Those kids, any other day, I wouldn't need to set an alarm, they would wake me up. Sundays, I don't set an alarm, you guys would be like, where's pastor? <laughs> be noon and they'd still be sleeping. You have an enemy who's trying to draw your eyes away from the target. 
Don't get caught up in that. Open your Bibles with me to Colossians 3. Colossians 3, it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these two you once walked, when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's holy, chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. What Christ is saying, and what we take for granted is, being a Christian is not an effortless activity. Being a Christian is something where each and every day you must wake up with the intention to be by your Father's side. Remember, He's a shepherd, which means what? It means He's at the front, and that He is leading, and that He is moving, and that He is progressing. It is you, part of the flock, that have to choose to follow that voice. If you stay put... If you don't take steps, if you don't move forward, you will get left behind. (coughs) Now at points, the Father will come back. He'll pull you in. But you have a duty to follow Him. Wake up each day and get your mind right. Focus on those things that bring you to the cross. Brothers and sisters, it's funny. The older I get and the more I do this, the more I realize how easy this job is. All I really have to do is point you to Jesus. You want peace? Go talk to Jesus. You want strength? Go talk to Jesus. You want comfort? You want self-esteem? You want all the things that life can give you? Go talk to Jesus. The reason we come together each week is what we're trying to do is in this noise that's all around us is recenter. Put our eyes upward and go, Father, what a glorious thing that I get to be your child. Amen. I don't know everything that's happened to you this year, but here's what I do know. I know at one point you were destined for death. There was no other choice for you. And I know at that moment when you were destined for death with no opportunity for salvation, there was a God that looked down upon you, not the whole world, you. Saw you in your hurt, saw you in your pain, and chose to come to this earth to 
be beaten and persecuted and to eventually die and spill His blood, not for Him, but for you. He washed you clean. He forgave you of all your sins. He gave you a crown of righteousness. And then He asked you to be part of His family. To be honest, that's the part that always gets me. Uh, Unbelievable act of forgiveness. I can see that. I don't get how after I do that, you go, be part of my family. Be my child. That's true for each and every one of you. So please tell me, knowing that truth, what negative thing you could possibly list that makes you not thankful for this anymore. There's nothing. The world will try to pull your eyes off Him. Don't let it. The world will try to make you forget why we're here. Don't let it. Find the things that raise up in you that love of God and immerse yourself in them. And all the other problems will fade away. How blessed and awesome it is that we get to call ourselves children of God Almighty. When I come down to the front, we're going to close with some prayer time. I want you where you're at just to go to God and have a conversation with Him. Truly take some time to be thankful for what He's blessed you with. If you feel like you have something on your heart you want to pray with somebody about, I'll be at the front. Brother James will be at the back. Let's just go to the Father and let's just talk to Him and thank Him for every single thing He's ever given us.